Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Was That In Good Taste Presents The Tasting Table. My name is Chandler Phillips. I'm James Beery. And we have a very special episode for you today, but before we get into it, remember to like, comment, and subscribe to stay all up to date on all Was That In Good Taste content. Um, so we're coming into the fall, we're coming into our wine era, and so today we got a nice little triage of some different wines from all different places, except two of them are from the exact same place, and one of them is not like the others. Oh, one of these things is not like the others. And, you know, we've, we've featured our wines, uh, our, some a couple of wines and a couple of different wine-based cocktails, mold wines, etc. on the show before, but, but I don't but think we've ever really... We're not really wine people. We're not really wine people. You know, that's definitely something that's like a gap inside of our content and our personal knowledge. It's just, it always seemed so specialized that it was almost inaccessible to someone with just such a plebeian palate, such as yourself. I don't know about you, but for me, it's a personal failing. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. A, a moral failing. Oh, as yes, well. as well. Yes, completely. I, I legit kind of feel like it's a bit of an identity thing because, like, I'm from an area that should be much more informed on some of the wines and wine culture. And yet, here I am knowing little to nothing. But I don't know nothing. Oh. Well, you know something now? I do know a thing or two now. And we have an amazing lineup here before us. And we're going to get chatting about them. Um, so it introduced the lineup. So we got we got some pretty neat stuff. Um, I just started a new uh, gig as a uh, wine distributor rep, and so now I'm I'm learning. I'm kind of getting a crash course on the portfolio, and so these are a couple that are from said uh, wine distributors, and I think they're a nice little uh, array of different kinds of reds because. Um, I, I don't really, uh, know how to talk about whites yet. I think that's, there's, there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on within the whites. The white family is a little just, uh, uh, hard to get to know, you know? Ah, ah, I see. Um, so I feel like some, of some of these wines are a little bit more, uh, accessible. Um, first up we have a Tempranillo. No, it is a Crianza that oh. features uh, 75% Grenache uh, grapes and 25% Tempranillo. Tempranillo is one of the uh, indigenous grapes to Spain, um, very popular in Rioja uh, region blends, as well as just kind of a, a backbone kind of grape that uh, is, is featured in a lot of Spanish wines. Um, so because we had our tasting earlier this this week, I I need to get rid of these bottles because you can't you can't taste people on week old wine. It's it's not it's not a good look. It's not the wine's best look. And so instead, we got them. A uh, little bit about this is uh, Mosin Cleto, a Crianza from 2018, which. Um, one thing you may or may not know, old world wines tend to be defined by their uh, regions and the, the domain, what's it called? The um, denomination de origine. This is where we get into one of those things, because then you get into the old world, new world, then you have to explain the differences. 
then the why. I feel like that one's kind of kind of easy. Old world, new world. Because old world is the places that, like, tra- the, the European. The, you have colonists and colonized, right? Except new so world. So new world is, like, Argentinian. Yeah. And, like, old world is Italian. Yeah. I mean, California is also new world. Fun, funny, fun fact. Um, look, wine fun fact coming at you. There was a blight. I've had too much in the <laughs> early 1900s that um, threatened the survival of a lot of specialty grapes grown in France and Italy, and uh, they actually had to graft some of these plants onto uh, American California um, plants just to keep the genus alive. Otherwise, they would have just lost an entire family of grape varietals due to just a sickness, a virus that was going through the uh, the French countryside, and they lost about 60% of their biodiversity of grapes at that time. And, oh, wow. Um, the reason a lot of them were able to be salvaged was because it was actually in California and in the Midwest, surprisingly, there was... Um, Places that were uh, allowing um, uh, wine or grape growers to draft, what is it, graft, graft their uh, plants onto that. And so then when they brought them back, they are, you know, old world, old lineage grapes that uh, had a little bit, little bit of the new world stuck inside. And I'm assuming that uh, doing that has... To have affected the flavor, in addition to the terroir, the flavor from the ground, well, you know, and the grapes directly into the liquor. Of course, that has a, a thing to do with it. But I'm assuming that just doing that influences the flavor. Well, because they're they're never really the same afterwards. I mean, they've been through a lot of trauma. Oh, it lost sixty percent of its biodiversity. Yeah, that that matters because that's a lot. That is a lot. Thinking about all the different types of grapes. There's so many different types that like even the 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 small fraction of grapes that you see in your traditional wines are still but a f- small fraction of grapes altogether. Now they're making grapes that taste like cotton candy, grapes that taste like I love cotton candy gummy bears and gumdrops and things that are just like they taste like candy. I don't, I don't. I don't think you can make wine. So what does it taste it? like? What's the tasting profiles? Or how we? How do we? How do we talk about wine? That might be my problem. As an inexperienced person, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm being better, but I'm a Taurus. Okay, how do we talk about wine? The trick to talking about wine is you can say it tastes like any fruit except grapes. That's the one fruit that you're not allowed to say it tastes like because they get mad. If so this, uh, this uh, what kind of wine is this again? It is a Crianza, which is a Spanish wine from the... Mango, dra- dragon fruit, and durian. Durian? I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say that's kind of insulting. I'm obviously being obnoxious. I think it's just difficult because I don't know. So when it comes to describing 
the flavors in things, coffee, liquors, or well, in food, which is the easiest one because you just know what the item tastes like, right? But when you have a beer that tastes like mangoes, it doesn't taste like you're biting into a mango, but you know what it tastes like, right? Because mango candy is not a mango, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then you keep you keep going, right? Now you get the grapes, right? And it tastes kind of like you know grapefruit, but it obviously it's not grapefruit. It you know there's no grapefruit in the glass. It just reminds you of grapefruit, but I don't know the common flavor profiles that exist in wine and across the wine spectrum. So I'm unable to identify or discern exactly what it is I'm tasting. I like to think of it as, um, you know, like when you see a stat wheel in a video game or something and it's got like multiple different dimensions going off in different ways and it's like your charisma, strength, dexterity, and then like however... I don't know, symmetrical your your shape is within that matrix is how balanced it mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. So I think wine kind of exists in one of those that has like maybe five different um, nodes. That would that's the word. It's like a it's it's not a it's not a axis so much as it is a node and just the center point would be zero mm-hmm. and the outer point would be like, I don't know, we'll say the most extreme version of that flavor. And so I think with wines, I tend to look at it uh, in terms of spice, um, fruit, jam, stem, and That's so abstract. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you're f- like whisper of wind across the grapes. You're like the terroir of the ground of the farmer's mother's childhood home. Well, so that's the things I'm trying to learn about wines is how you can like taste that kind of stuff. But really, it's just knowing how to. It's knowing how to listen to your tongue as you're tasting something. I mean, because you can try a fuck ton of different wines and be like, yeah. They're good. I like them. And I feel like they have done their job as an alcoholic beverage. But there's a there, there's a, a bit of pomp and circumstance. Not pomp. That's, that's a... That's, a bit of pomp. Like you get into, I guess, a little bit of a meditative state when you have to open up your mind to that sense. But in doing so, people I ha- I think tend to have a feel or tend to get gatekeepy about, or maybe that's just the way we, as people trying to get into something, feel about like why we shouldn't get into it. Like I don't know, is that our own intrinsic no, implicit I, bias? I, I think of that like definitely. Well, I, it's like you know, going into new spaces that that can happen. You know, like earnestly can just happen. Like, you know, where you should be there, but you just don't feel like you just don't feel like it. You maybe maybe you don't feel like you're fitting in. Maybe you feel and a little then other times people, you know, because they're afraid for their spot, their position or uh something in the social structure or hierarchy, you know, would be one to gatekeep you, keep you out so that you don't affect them. In that case, when it comes to tasting wine, open up your heart 
and just really think about what you like or think about what it reminds you of. And I think that's why we got into doing was that in good taste and especially the taste and table in general was so that we could really just reflect on what we're tasting, why we're tasting and like what it really reminds what kind of um, memories and senses synapses it fires for us. You want to hear you want to hear a really stony baloney thought? Sure. I was staring up at the ceiling the other day thinking um I th- what if like uh déjà vu just happens because we as um as an animal species were like evolutionary advanced in pattern recognition to the point where like when we recognize patterns and stuff it's better to err on the side of caution than it would be to not recognize a potential pattern. Like the the reason why, like if you're walking down the street in the middle of New York and you hear a bag rustle and you jump because you think it might be a snake, but you know there's not going to be a <laughs> snake there. Like that kind of intrinsic um, reaction, there, given like psychological mechanisms to uh, be predisposed for pattern recognition. And so like... When something happens that just ignites a certain sequence of uh, neurons or synapses to fire in a in a similar way as it has before, we're just like overwhelmed with the feeling that we've done this exact thing before. You have wine brain. So, drinking wine, drinking different types of flavors, you want to try to follow those synapse trails i guess that's what i'm bringing rolling it back to is like you're not looking for something to taste like something else you're trying to dig the crevices of your gray matter to think all right where has this been in my sensory vault before and like is there a way i can try to access that part of my memory by uh, using either um, my olfactory senses or my tasting uh, senses and even even texture to a certain degree. Because like with this wine, it's got a nice little backbone to it. Like it's not it's not too rigid. I'd say like by the end it it has a certain roundness that I think uh, if I were to describe this wine, as a um, as like a sports apparatus, it would be like a highlight, um, well, sh- like because it, it's got some rigidity, but it's got some flex, and at the very end, it's got a little bit of a snap, a little bit of snap to it. <laughs> um, that's my. Uh, uh, it tastes kind of, it tastes kind of like grapes. Motherfucker. <laughs> It's good. I, listen, I drank the whole glass. Because we're tasting. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good wine. What's next? Next. We have a new, uh, and not a new. We have a 2019 uh, Zinfandel from Lake County, California, which is actually around uh, one of my favorite lakes to go fishing at, Clear Lake. And it's kind of interesting because... Um, when you look at Clear Lake, on the one side of the of the lake, there's these rolling hills. Yeah, pour of, the wine. 
these rolling hills of vineyards and it looks really nice to the west and then on the east after the 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 winds come sweeping down the the vineyard hills and across the lake there's just a a bunch of little lake houses and motorhomes and stuff like that that are low-key kind of sinking into the lake and there's like the what's it called it's called a super fund site Ooh. You, you see these you know about these you hear about these um when reagan was like hey it's okay to just dump toxic chemicals it's a big enough lake it's fine oh i've heard about this yeah so that's on the the other side of the lake away from all the vineyards and all the rich people homes Mm, love that that sounds that sounds equal um that sounds fair anyway but lake county beautiful county this one's (laughs) this is buck shack from the uh shannon family vineyards one of the um most uh notorious winemaking um out out what is it a winemaking organization in uh in the napa sonoma lake county um area of uh northern california now we got this is so delicious okay we got a zinfandel i was so excited for you to pour this from it's zin and what's what's so special about this one james Bourbon barrels? It is aged in bourbon barrels. Let me see if it has an exact amount of uh, time that I have. It, I don't think so. I, I doubt it. Hmm. I want to say it's given thirteen months in bourbon barrels, but I cannot say for sure. So if it doesn't say it on there, then you could imply or infer anything that you'd like. Um, little little uh note to behold it is a 14.5 percent um wine which oh that's, that ex- that ex- that explains a lot a lot of wines tend to hang out between 11 and 13 Ooh. and this one's over 14 percent. that's interesting this may not be my first buck shack of the evening Fun. delicious candy like with a uh, a red apple kind of brightness not that tannic that means it's not that like tart it doesn't give you that weird mm, feeling on the the end of your cheeks it doesn't give you like the little bit of buzz in your jawbone it's big bold and fruity lots of uh lots of dark cherry and um i'd even go a little bit of boysenberry in there i think you had mentioned some blueberry mm-hmm, yeah, very mm-hmm. dark berry um i think zins tend to be a little bit on the like not too acidic but kind of tart um like welch's grape juice kind of side and so zins tend to get a little bit of a bad rap or at least they tend to be not as um refined as a varietal and i think that the Bourbon barrel aging on this, because we've had a handful of bourbon barrel aged wines in our experience. With the Cooper and Thief. Cooper Thief, Robert Mondavi, um, I think uh, Behringer also, oh, uh, Behringer yes. Bros, had a, had a bourbon barrel. 
Um, and usually they do Cabernet or Sa- Cab Sav. Sauvignon. Um, which is a great, like, it's, it's, Cabernet Sauvignon is the Leo's of, um, of wines. Whereas Zin, a little bit more of a Scorpio. Really? I'd say, you know, they're, they're, uh, can can have a little bit more of a bite, but um, will definitely stick up for, for like they they there's a rigidity there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I think the so bourbon. You're saying that the buck, the buck, buck shack, buck shack. Saying the buck shack will do you good at night. Well, but y'all have an argument in the morning. You might have an argument in the morning. Well, no, actually, because that's what I'm saying. I think the bourbon barrel aging on it. Oh, that's the respect. That's the, yeah, that's the communication skills. That's the. Uh, that's the, you the, should go talk to a therapist. And then they do. And then they do. And then, and, and then not in like a, well, now I know how to tell you about your problems. Kind of talk to a now therapist. Now it's like more like a listening and understanding. Yeah. Um, Which is what people mostly want. I think it's something that's very palatable and something that uh you know is is easily welcomed um because uh it's 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 sensitive it is a very sensitive wine but uh you know sometimes with that sensitivity uh comes defense mechanisms that honestly can fit in anywhere obviously queer but also if you go into the hoedown it can fit in. I think this is a very fun wine, and um, you see, it, you see, I'm liking it. I uh, this may this may this may be a rude thing to say, but I think this wine would be great in a spritzer. No, one. I was just thinking, like a sangria. Oh yeah, like a mold wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. This buckshack and. Honestly, it retails for Buck like Shack Brew. Ooh, like a little bit of a witch's brew. I'm about to bleep that. It's mine. That's that sounds really. They put in a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of a little bit of allspice, a little bit. And of, of course, the secret the secret ingredient, brandy. No, the Krabby Patty secret formula. Oh, oh, it's like the, a secret ingredient. The se- chemical X. It's something that you can't have. Just proprietary like, to us. Just a little bit of je ne sais quoi. What's next? What's the what's next? This? We got up is another oh. one from the uh, Shannon family vineyards. This is the Cab Sav. This is the Cab Sav. The Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Uh, Vigilance, is, also from Lake. That's Canada. French, right? Yes. Cabernet Sauvignon is um, one of the. Uh, um, Offspring grapes from Cabernet Franc, if that ever comes up. Um, I think it's usually from the uh, Burgundy, no, the Bordeaux um, blends, and is also probably one of the more popular California, Sonoma area um, varietals. Uh, I'd like to need anything else. I mean... Napa does great cabs. Like honestly, Napa's cab salves 
are like fucking wicked, dude. Isn't that kind of what they're known for? That is what they're like. They they got their Pinot Noirs and whatnot, but really it's the hundred percent cab sabs that come out of um, Napa and Sonoma are kind of what put California wines on the map. They also tend to do some some blends that um, mimic uh, Bordeaux style blends, but. Um, their cab salves are really what uh, what shine through. I think other other things that tend to go into a Bordeaux are like Sangiovese, and oh, I'm probably butchering this. Honestly, um, well, I have, actually like, have a question for you. Maybe a little bit of Merlot, because we're talking about the grapes, right? Yes. And I was realizing that I always kind of forget, right? You know, you look at the bottles. And you see, like, these names. What is the grape? Because sometimes you have Napa Valley and you have Napa grapes, right? Isn't that a thing? No, no. Well, okay. So- okay, pick a region that, that has a Multipotiano. Yes. There you go. That's, I think that's, that's one. Like, that they have one. grapes and they have a region, right? That's true. So you can have Multipotiano grapes and a different type of wine. Yeah. Right, like they'd be in like some some other blend of things. Okay, I got my original question because my original example was bad. Mm-hmm. I forgot my. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna just bring it back. Cabernet Sauv, Merlot, Cab Franc, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. Those are the Bordeaux grapes. Whereas Syrah is like the uh, the Rhone main main one. We're going to get into some Syrah. And then a Syrah outside of France, that's a Shiraz. So that's what I was going to How do you? How can you tell with some of the grapes are named after the regions, right? <laughs> or, or vice versa. How can you tell if a wine is Cab Sav from a Cab Sav region versus like Multipartiana region versus Multipartiana grape? <sighs> that's a good question. For a cab sav, that one I don't think there's a cab sav. Version, yeah, I knew that's why I like, stopped myself because I, I keep doing that when I know one. For the other ones, I think it all depends on if it's. It'll say if it's from Italy, it'll say it's a Montepulciano wine, and that'll have Montepulciano grapes to some degree because it has to be made in a certain way that's state certified um, for that region. The grapes outside of it, it'll, if it's still in Italy, the region will take uh, the larger font, the higher, it'll be the, the bigger thing. And so then elsewhere on the label, it might say it's made with multiple Giono grapes, but it's from... Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you. I just I wanted to, I you think. know... Don't, don't quote me on this no, again. No, take everything as gospel. So the Cab Sav. Cab Sav. What do I know about this one? Um, our Vigilance Cabernet Sauvignon <laughs> has complex layers of... Some things that we're going to talk about. Ooh. Oh, those are interesting. Wow. Those are some cool tasting notes. I'm curious if you'll pick them up. 
Oh, well, I love that. I love how he read it to himself in his head. Good TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That is. Chandler is now pouring the wine. I had to throw back the rest of the Buckshack. So Buckshack's actually The made. wine is pouring into the glass. Um, it's called that because the, uh, the vineyards that it's now grown on used to be hunting grounds. And so um, now they use the area that they store the bourbon barrels in used to be where they would do the the breaking down of the of the bucks after they they hunted. It used to be like hunting reserve. Obviously currants, dark chocolate. Ooh, he's pulling out the What else you got? (laughs) What else? I don't remember what else is on the back. I don't remember what else is on the back of the bottle. Mm. I, I should have remembered it all. What about uh, the spice? Do you taste the spice? Mm. There's something like a little dry on the end there. It, it like leaves my tongue coated and kind of a texture. Because there's something, a kind of an astringency that's sucking the moisture out of my mouth. Mm. Which is actually what that feeling is, in case anybody's that's, ever wondering. That's the tannin. Yeah, the tannin is like, you know. But it's not super heavy because it's not hitting the side of my cheeks. I'm, I'm not getting that kind of reaction, like a pectinated thing, but it's a little tart. It doesn't feel like an IPA, is what you're saying. It's not that kind of bitterness. It's also a little sweet. Um... I think that this has, uh, I don't know. I can't read this. It's too small. Well, what are you? What are you trying to look at? I don't know. Um, it's honor and responsibility to care for the land. That's what it tastes like. Oh, it's sust- it's sustainably farmed. It tastes like it's sustainably farmed. Um, to preserve the environment for generations for our children and okay, generations. It's no buck. The reality is, it's no buck shack. Okay. It's drier. It tastes like it wears Birkenstocks, okay? That's what we're getting at. It tastes like it donates to UNICEF, okay? It tastes... It always... Every time it gets drunk, it, like, smokes a cigarette and talks about joining Doctors Without Borders. Ooh. It tastes like it's still working on its post-grad in, like... Food theory. Ah. Like the sociology of markets. I think food theory. Well, actually, I took an undergrad in food theory. And food theory is the study and proliferation of delis, bodegas, and food trucks, specifically in the eastern Seattle region. I which, would I would actually listen to a, to a lecture which, series on which that. is a short be, drive away from from Lake County. Is it really? No, it's probably like you got to go through Oregon. I don't know anything about the West Coast. So picture um, picture like Utah, but there's another one, or like picture picture Colorado. Picture everything you think of about Colorado. Now picture that. On top of California. And then there's another one kind of wearing it like a hat, but it's also kind of like 
It's if Colorado and Toronto had a baby. Hot. And then that's that baby grew up and is now a hat on a hat. That's what Washington is. You're a hat on a hat. So <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth, okay? You shouldn't drink wine. What? Because when you drink wine, you, you drink wine. You have a little too much fun. Okay. I think that is kind of the fun of wine, and I think that's one of the best and most fun parts about wanting to explore wine. Is I want to get good at tasting wine in a real way, but also I want to encapsulate and enjoy the fun of wine, the social aspect of it. You know what I mean? I'm the taste of it. This cab is a bit bouncy. You know? It's got a f- initial roundness to it that kind of like it it rolls on the tongue. What, kind of, what, what, what sports ball? Ooh. Um, all right. Hold on. Let me get one more little. Because uh, I'm somewhere between like, like a kickball. Like one of the classic red rubber handballs, or is it a squash ball? I'm thinking, I'm leaning to something a little bit more um um cushy. It's kind of it's a little nerf. It's a little nerfy. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's either nerf or it's nothing. It's. It's a Nerf football, but one of the like newer generation ones that isn't the foam ones. It's like the rubber kind of thing, but it's foam on the inside. So like if you threw it at like a five year old and they like they missed it and it kind of bounced off their head, they wouldn't hurt. They'd just be a little startled by it, you know, because like you got like a good spiral on it. Maybe one of the ones with the little tail end. (laughs) Where it's uh, what's the one? What's the one football one that had the twist and had you could throw it perfect every time? And then it would whistle when it yeah came yeah down. it would yeah. whistle. Those are cool. Those are great for like playing uh, three flags up or something. You're, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's where you got one person who's a thrower and then everyone else is kind of like in a little mosh pit. Where would where would you play this? At a park, like in a in a in an open field, and you just you throw- parks with fields. I'm from New York. All all we have in New York is tall buildings, concrete. And displaced people, and, and Prospect Park, and like Maria. Hernandez it's pretty. Park. It's pretty green. It's pretty green. Like there's, you'd play this. I'd play this in the middle of a street. You throw it straight up in the air, and then everyone kind of skirmishes, and then whoever catches it, they get a point, and first one of three points then becomes the thrower. And if you dropped it, then it's just, and you just fucked it up. And this is not the kind of wine that you want to drop. I agree. Um, it's the kind of wine you want to drink. Thank you for joining us at this amazing tasting table. If you want to learn more about any of these wines, um, check out uh, the Vigilance. This is the 2020 vintage by uh, Shannon Family Vineyards. Um then we got Buckshack and as well uh, Mosin Cleto. Um, thank you so much for letting us have your wines, even though um, they, they, they was, it wasn't really gifted or anything. This has been The Tasting Table. I've been Chandler Phillips. I'm James Beery. You don't tell me.
I've had too much to drink. But I will tell you, we can keep tasting. Keep it, keep it tasty. Sipping. 